Do choices really matter? We're going to be having a discussion about that and whether choices in games uh, matter on a varying degree of levels, as well as a lot of the big Battlefield 5 news. So stay tuned, because this is Inventory Full. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. Welcome everybody into the Inventory Full uh, area, studio. This isn't the Inventory Full studio, this is the Popcorn Talk Network studio. Thank you to fine folks. But if you can't tell, the logos are everywhere! So, uh, uh, thank you to the fine folks at Popcorn Talk for giving us a place to talk about video games and video game culture. Welcome in. I'm one of your hosts, Mark Budonica, joined as always by the team. Hey look, it's Nate Miller! What's up, nerds? Hey look, it's Stacey Shotwork! Hey guys! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. No, it was good. It was perfect. Thanks. It was great. All of the yeah. not... Uh, transitions. Hi, everybody. Um, Patrick is not with us today. Uh, it, it is a holiday, so uh, he, he's spending some time with his folks that are that have traveled into town. But make sure to uh, uh, get him into the conversation at Peter the D's. Uh, he gets an intro, full intro, because we don't, because he's not here. Anyway, um, we're uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna have a, a nice conversation. A lot of the times, especially last week, there's sometimes there's just a lot of news and news and news and news, and we don't get a chance to like sort of. Of talk and and expand our horizons and, and have discussions. Nate, this is something that you've been trying to pull for for quite some time. And luckily, with today being a uh, a holiday, the studio isn't as crowded, so we get an opportunity to take a little bit more time than we usually would. Thank you to the folks at Popcorn Talk again, and Steve in the booth. Uh, hey, uh, hey, it's Steve. Um, so we're gonna be, the the main crux of today's show is going to be talking about choices, but there were a couple of stories that I did want to bring up because I think there there's a lot to talk about, but. Before we get to those, uh, let's talk about what we've been playing. Uh, I was very boring. I'll get my stuff out of the way really quick. Um, I, I sort of stayed in my comfort zone. I played some Junkenstein's Revenge uh, for the Overwatch special event, and I'm, I keep missing Lucio Ball, which is my favorite of the arcades. I, I'm a little sad that they're moving every single day because they're just on days when I can't uh, I can't play. Um, and I, if if you joined us over the weekend, uh, I played. I, I did a build in Minecraft. I started a build of Camp Campbell from one of my favorite animated series, Camp Camp, uh, and I plan on continuing that, so um, I'm thanking to everybody who joined. We had some people rating from our friend and mods, Evader, so uh, thank you for, for joining us on that. I had a lot of, man, uh, being back in Minecraft, especially in creative mode, has been a lot of fun, but that's that's all that I played, really. Um, Stacy, Yeah? You've been playing... Uh, a lot of stuff. I mean, relatively. I've done a lot of family stuff over the weekend, so mm-hmm. I didn't get as much gaming as I wanted to in. Um, but yeah, I started that God of War. Oh, yeah. I did it. <laughs> so th- this will be three out of uh, three out of four of us that have that have played the game. Uh, initial thoughts. What do, you, what do you think about it so far? It's so pretty. Yeah. Uh, the camera work is so interesting, mm-hmm. and it's really cool to follow. Uh, <laughs> I I like that the camera is so fluid, but it also gives you those little classic cues to know, oh, no, it's your turn now. Go. (laughs) Otherwise. When it goes right back to, like, it's something, and then it sweeps, and then it's right behind you again. You're like, oh, all right, time to move again. I can go. (laughs) How much of it did you get to play? Oh, gosh. I only played maybe two hours worth. That's what I figured. Um, Very, yeah, very introductory stuff, mostly only. It. The, one of my favorite things about God of War is I, I asked Patrick this right after I, I started my my first play session was, do you keep learning new stuff as the it like while there there is a moment that 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 you're going to experience when you go oh now the game started 
and then you have that moment again and again. And <laughs> I know again. everything I need to know. Exactly. Oh, nope, exactly. And that's that's one of my one of my favorite things about it is is it's it does it so naturally mm-hmm. and not really heavy heavy fisted of like oh, well, you're going to need this power-up. You're going to need that power-up. Well, I guess it's time for a new thing. It says, I'm going to learn something new. But it's always it always does it in a way that benefits the story first, which is which is why playing this game in in easy mode isn't that much of a thing because you're a god anyway and it helps with the power of fantasy. But how do you, how do you like handling the axe? I like the axe. I like <laughs> throwing the axe. I like throwing the axe at enemies and then having it swing back to me and hit them again on the way back. Oh, so much fun. And that's the only way to attack, really. So are you just throwing the axe? Okay, so I'm doing a combination of just throwing the axe and then melee combos because then you get to do that cool R3 power-up attack and rip the enemies in half, <laughs> which I like equally as much as throwing the axe at them. So uh, <laughs> combat has been frustrating for my husband, who's watching me play this game. <laughs> uh, who comments she was checking it everywhere. Everywhere. It's, it's so much fun. Once you learn that if you throw the axe at certain things, it does stuff, you have to throw the axe at everything, everything. to make sure that those things don't do stuff too. This is, this is the version, this is the God of War version of, since God of War is ostensibly about, I need to climb that mountain, you need to find something else to do everything of, and it's, I need to throw the axe at everything. It, right, the goal is already to climb that mountain. And he, so my, my only purpose in gaming this is, is already like, fulfilled. Already Kratos, game of the year. And Kratos can't read, so it's not like she can find any books. Okay, but there's lots of lore. Yeah, there's no books to read, but there's lots of ancient it's, texts. It's boy, read that for me. Yeah, yes. he'll read it to you. Uh, yeah. There, um, and, oh, God, there, yeah. Uh, the interaction between getting, the fact that you're thrust into the relationship so despite like you know this is the boy's father you they should have some sort of an established relationship and yet they're still trying to figure out how to be around each other and and to be present for that is is pretty it's pretty interesting um there's a lot of idle chatter that happens that really helps you figure out what their relationship is and I, ah, it's it's one of those things where it's one of those games where I'm like I the the I beat it the day of a show last week and I was like who wants it you need somebody needs to play this Someone game claim it. please <laughs> yes. um cuz th- this is uh this is one of those games that I think mo- more so for story but also for gameplay it's like for, like the story inherits the gameplay as opposed to the other way around and um I've just been obsessed with watching any and and every piece of extra content that this has. I'm really excited for everybody to finish because PlayStation has been releasing director's commentary for particular scenes from the game and particular parts where Corey Barlog is talking over the game and going, oh, well, this is why we did this and this and this. And I was just like, oh, this is the best. Uh, more to look forward to. Yeah. yeah. But, cool. um, and it also, yeah. Uh, your thoughts on the first fight? Like the first the first, the first boss, the first boss into? battle. Um, man, that was frustrating. <laughs> but expected of gods, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I guess. Man. I mean, it was real cool getting thrown through buildings and through <laughs> ah! rocks. Ah! <laughs> um, Nate, you got a red box. This man, mm. you got a red box. This. Um. Well, now that so so you've. I mean, I you've been running through some some games yourself. Yeah. So you you just finished Deadfire Two, yeah, or I Pills did. of Eternity Two, Deadfire. Yes, yeah. I finished a run. Yes. Okay, a single <laughs> run. T- tell us about tell us about it. Because um, I I've been hearing about this game ad nauseum at work, but 
like getting an actual and non no, no offense to the folks that I work for, but getting a non paid for reaction. Right. I've been looking forward to. Yeah. No. It. I really enjoyed it a lot. Um. It took me about thirty hours mm-hmm. uh, to get to the end, and um, the final kind of decisions that you have to make at the end. Uh, I thought were really interesting, and and the kind of the way it played out. Um, the way that you know decisions I had made earlier impacted the way things played out, and uh, you know it, there's lots of. It reminded me a lot as I was playing it of New Vegas. I said this last week, hmm. but even in the way that it ends. How about that? Um, uh, <laughs> both Obsidian games, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but just the way that they're the different factions. Like it was really hard to choose. Like and. Honestly, only I, because I had the consolidation of knowing I'm going to play this again and do other things, that is only what made it kind of that, that kind of helped me make my decision and like, all right, this is what I'm going to do this playthrough. Because for a minute, I was like, I don't know what, I don't know who to pick, who to back. Because <laughs> there's like four different factions at a certain point that all can kind of get you where you need to go to kind of end the game. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was dizzying. And, uh, I really enjoyed the companions. The voice acting is phenomenal. Um, it makes a huge difference for games like that that have so much text for like uh, co- uh, conversation interaction mm. within like the way stories play out and also giving you options to do different things. Uh, it was really cool. Yeah, right. I'm happy with it. Uh, well, I'm excited to talk more about the the choice, the elements of choice, because mm-hmm. um, some of the stuff that you sent us to look over reminded me, like, oh yeah, there was something that you could choose in this game, and it didn't mean anything. Yeah, um, yeah, I opened the, up old wounds. Yeah, that one kind of has it has it has both. It has all of the little pieces that I want to talk about that we can talk about later. I do also want to mention I've been playing still. I've still been playing Destiny. Uh, it was Iron Banner weekend. I'm. My, I think I have something for you in my car. Destiny Hop, related. Hopped in a few uh, sweaty six v sixes. Okay. Uh, it was okay. It's pretty fun. Um, in a good place. Are you still playing Standard Decay? I'm so <laughs> <laughs> begrudgingly. Look, yes. <laughs> I want to like this game. Okay, and it's very likable. Oh, that's the worst. It, but it's just so buggy right now. And like the mm. main draw is the multiplayer, and it, it the multiplayer is the buggiest spot. I tried to get together with uh, two other friends to do some co-op, and they were doing fine up until right like 40 minutes later when I was like, all right, I'm ready. I'm going to join you guys. And they just started having connection issues. And then we just couldn't get on the same server. And when we did, like we couldn't see each other sometimes. There would be like invisible zombies that people were dying to. Yeah, some crazy buggy stuff. But the core of the game is there. The systems are there. You know, it looks pretty good. It just needs some love. So Mm -hmm. hopefully... You know, I'm, I'm assuming that they're going to give it more patches and update it because this, you know, it had a pretty extensive uh, beta, from what I understand. That got lots of balance updates and stuff. Uh, yeah, and they, they were they were kind of user. It, it wasn't open. I, I thought, I, if I remember correctly, it was closed. Mm-hmm. And um, especially with a franchise that, in a, in a world where Microsoft doesn't have as frequent of a flexing of a first-party game. Mm-hmm. For, for something to launch like this is really upsetting. Even though, even though word's been going around that Microsoft is, isn't as, doesn't care as much about 
single party games and single party development anymore as much as having studios to do that yeah. for them. So it that's unfortunate. Yeah, because it really seems like if they did focus on it, this would be a great, you know, another game like Sea of Thieves that is great to play with your friends and it's cross platform. Like that's mm. that should be a big draw for them to get people to choose buying Xboxes over like a PlayStation because you get to bridge the PC community and the console community. And especially in a game like this where it's not there's no PVP, so it's not like there's a uh, imbalance in matchmaking like that. It's just being able to play with more friends, yeah. having more options. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, I I did want to pivot into that into uh, PUBG. The 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 PUBG Corp came out uh, recently and mentioned that there is a lot of performance changes that they haven't, they admittedly haven't been able to get to. Um, optimization, um, vehicle optimization. Um, because you know, driving over the the land too fast can, if you don't have a strong enough PC, it it can wreck you. It can it can wreck you a little bit. I mean, it's not even the PCs; it's just the the terrain and the physics and stuff. Like mm. people, streamers that have like you know the high end, high end, high end PCs with a streaming PC that's not you know with a separate PC yeah. to stream will still be in the trike, <laughs> and you hit the wrong bump and just go. Flying and then you, and then you're sailing through the air with a knockdown animation, and you just know that when you hit the ground, you're gonna die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it happens to everybody. Uh, as well as cheating, um, and uh, they're, they're just trying to. I, I, this was something that that you yeah. kept telling me the about code, when the... it came to when once they were gonna go 1.0, like ah, optimization, great, and here we are. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is well, well, so you Stacey, you've been playing a lot of Fortnite. But have you? When was the last time you went back to PUBG? I went back to PUBG when they did that twenty v twenty v twenty those maps, and I played a couple of rounds of that challenge and then the regular game. Then and honestly, it play, it plays horribly. Ooh, it, feel, it feels bad, and yeah, it's it's also it feels worse for me because it's not something that I naturally click into. Mm-hmm. Like I can't just pick up that gun and, and go. So it's even harder. But that game, I mean. And I don't have a top-of-the-line PC, but I have a decent PC, and it it's choppy, and it's rough. I mean, the train really screws you over, especially with a group of people who like to get in a vehicle and drive everywhere and anywhere. Uh, so, and, yeah, Fortnite might be a more campy, ridiculous game, but it feels good to play Yeah, in a way that I don't think PUBG feels... Have have you noticed a bit of a drop off, Nate? Because I know you don't you don't you used to play fairly regularly, mm-hmm. and now there's just there's just been a lot of other stuff to play. But wh- how wh- what was it like? When, when was the last time you played? To be honest, um, probably like a, maybe a week or two ago. Okay, two weeks. And before that, like another couple of weeks. Uh, probably more frequently before that. Okay, I I have my group of friends that I play with. I have a couple buddies that I play the game with fairly regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my friends has a baby, so for her, it's nice to be able to just like play a few rounds when the baby takes a nap or something, and then like baby wakes up I have to take care of like okay bye we'll see you <laughs> on the other side you, like it's not the end of the world you know mm-hmm. um so it, it's a good game for that i you know it's it's hard to argue against that because it does it's not 
op- it's still not optimized to the spot that it should be, but to, uh, it's gotten a lot better, which is like, it's <laughs> not necessarily yeah. saying much, but it it has gotten a lot better. They have worked on it, and and to say that now they're going to focus on optimization, I'm I'm optimistic because it's it's not they haven't left the game. They haven't left the game in like a stale state at all. They've been no, not, yeah. even even the way the gun mechanics have all changed. I think that's all for the better. The, mm-hmm. Now the vector is a little too strong right now, but it's nice to have variety in weapons and not just everybody running around with two ARs. Mm-hmm. They took off a uh, level three helmet, so it's only in a crate. So now things like a KR, uh, you know, bolt action sniper rifles are all one taps to the head yeah, unless unless they get the thing from the crate. So it makes the crate. It's like they change the meta. That's really good for games like this mm-hmm. so i haven't experienced a drop-off i i never have an issue finding a game when i play it's not like it ever takes a long time mm. um the the subreddit seems pretty active uh i definitely see more people come play whenever they do like an event and i don't think they've done any special weekend events in a while ever since they did the, 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 the 2020 was the was they, the last one no they did another no they one. did they no? did a few another, ones a couple more. yeah okay. they did some car ones mm-hmm. and they did and then and then it stopped because they did the they started doing the testing every weekend for the new map mm-hmm. for Sanok. Yeah. Right. But now that's I think that's on live. Well, I haven't played yeah, since they patched it's, it in. That's gonna be live um end of June. Yeah, so that's it's not even Sonic, live yeah. yet. But, but Myanmar just went live for Xbox. For Xbox, right. So and especially now developing for two consoles you mm-hmm. know that splits the team mm-hmm. unless they just mm-hmm. bought a second team mm-hmm. to do it. Um, it's just the the thing that I think the community is frustrated by and why it's important that they make this statement is because while they have worked somewhat on the optimization it seems like they've made a lot more progress on like the like new maps mm-hmm. and like a bunch of skins and loop boxes that nobody really wants and stuff like that uh, and I think a lot of people feel like they have all of this money and this energy and they should have fo- they should have focused on the optimization first and got it like super polished and tight and then started adding the microtransaction stuff because then people, more people are going to play the game and more people are going to want to spend money yeah. instead of trying to get people exactly. to spend money now when they already spent money on the game and it you know doesn't run mm-hmm. very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not going to put money into getting skins or you know something cool to carry around if the game barely works for me. But I, I, st- I still think that it offers a unique uh, gameplay experience in loop that isn't really replicated in any other like, any other game right now because yeah. f- I, and I would say that Fortnite is the same too because they operate in different spaces mm-hmm. and I think that's part of the reason why they're both so successful also Fortnite's free um but and uh, uh H1Z1 Battle Royale is for, for is free on the PlayStation network now yeah, and I, and what made me sad about that was they don't have if they had Auto Royale for free on there I think that that would have been a huge way a, a huge spike at uh, Fortnite on on PlayStation at least. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm surprised that it didn't launch with it. I have, some of my friends that play console games are like, oh yeah, we just started playing H1Z1, and I like almost spit out my drink like, <laughs> laughing. And I was like, ah, oh, you console plebs playing a dead game. Um, but that's good that they're bringing it to them. I think that makes more sense. Yeah, Steve, yeah. did you just pull up uh, uh, H1Z1 as uh, 1.5 million downloads on the... Here. Uh, yes, sir, here. that is correct. So the open beta. A huge thank you to the 1.5 million plus of you who have joined us in the arena since H1Z1 open beta launched in PS4 yesterday. 
uh, and this tweet was May 25th. Yeah, uh, 23rd. 23rd. Uh, we're continuing to work to resolve login and purchase issues, and we're committed to bringing you a, per- a pure Battle Royale experience. So one of, the, one of the things that they launched with is they have a PlayStation Plus pack, like a uh, uh, cosmetic pack. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh, there's some cool stuff that kind of looks PlayStation Network-y or something, and they have a bunch of other is packs. Is it free of, to play? It's free. Yeah, yeah. The Battle Royale is free, but the H1Z1 base game, you can get packs that have cosmetics in them so that's the that's the purchasable stuff but the game is free but the game is free okay yeah yeah um and i i downloaded it and and um all right I, I, I was about to download it and then i was looking for auto royale because i was like that i've i've been watching people play that i've been watching people stream that yeah and like, that looks like fun. i actually kind of want to play that yeah but i don't have any money to so play let's with reach on out uh, to our friends at, at uh the studio Maybe. I mean, if Either they way. if they revive this and actually put some care into it, which it seems like they are, and it goes over well, great. I mean, this is going to be the closest thing of competition to PUBG in terms of that like free to play space, like realism. But also, especially mm-hmm. from like we're we're talking about how the the vehicle play in PUBG isn't optimized to a point where it's wrecking top of the line PCs, and here's H1Z1 with a game mode. That is cars and well optimized and plays really well and is and is fun. Is it well optimized? Yeah, oh, God. yeah. For, I, from I, I from everything that I, that I've seen, the, the variety of people that I've watched play. Um, so it's also a different console's also a different space. Exactly, too. I can I can agree with yeah. that as well. Um, so uh, moving moving from there, um, something that I that I saw that was really interesting. Uh, this is an article on on Polygon. Uh, Polygon, um, Full Sail University is adding an esports focus to their sports casting class. Um, Gus Ramsey, who is a, a former commentator from ESPN uh, over the course of ten years from ninety eight to two thousand and eight, teaches this part this class at Full Sail, and Full Sail is like a. Um, I, I want to say technical school, but it's more of like a technician school like a where it's like school. sound, yeah, trade school for mm-hmm. for technicians, video, sound, theater, um, live, a whole bunch of stuff. Um, they they shoot. There's a WWE show that shoots at Full Sail in Florida, where it's run by students, or a lot of the students do a lot of the a lot of the, the heavy lifting. Um, and and I I found this interesting because uh, we've had several discussions about one organization in particular when it comes to uh, shoutcasting uh, and, and, and the fact that uh, the, these folks, Gus Ramsey, Josh Mora, and uh, Dan Patrick, uh, are all coming together to make sure that everybody has the basics of what it's like to, to cover sports, but also finding the, the middle ground between explaining what's going on for people who may be new to the space and not explaining everything to the, quote, veterans of the space. Like, I know the game. Shut up and just tell me what's happening. And and finding... And the fact that there is there is money being put into courses uh, to, to get people up to speed and be professionals that can be put onto television. Um, I this is, a, this is a very, very cool read. I highly recommend everybody... Go check it out. It's on Polygon. Um, it's called Dan Patrick Sportscasting School Esports Full Sail University. Check it out. But I I wanted to bring it up because um, is there a of of the various esports that that we watch as a group? Is there one that you would 
compare to being, or, or at least for a type of game, would you compare to being the most quote professional? Is is there one that reflects? Is there one that reflects? Did the, you get that? Is no. there is there a because there's there there they they get a lot of the the same people for various games. So is there a game type plus people that re, that resembles a professional sports broadcast? I mean, arguably, the entire Overwatch friend, this entire competitive Overwatch space has been designed to be professional, right? It hasn't risen up from the audience necessarily. It's been built as professional. I'm not saying it is. But isn't it boo-boo, though? I'm not saying it's actually right. professional, but the it is The answer is, is Riot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Riot did it the right way from, like, the ground I up. I, I'm not talking about and... building. I'm talking about the commentating, because right. we're talking about commentating. Right. But that's and that's and that's what I mean. Okay, because they got people that really all of the people that are the main shotcasters are people who played the game, mm-hmm. and a lot of them work for Riot. Not all of them, but a lot of them played the game. A lot of ex streamers also turn into shotcasters, or I'm sorry, ex players turn mm-hmm. into shotcast like pro players and stuff. Um, and it's all a great combination. Like they they always seem to get a good balance of uh, player stats, uh, flow of the game predictions of of what's going to happen as results of different plays Mm -hmm. uh you the drafting phase is a very big part too where they talk about like drafting strategies and team compositions as the draft is going on uh and then they also always dedicate time after games are over to like let's analyze this big play of the game and they Mm -hmm. do the big screen thing with the slow motion then they have a desk of analysts talk about the game overall and it's like one of the guys who is a pro player on a team who's like a great popular player but he they got eliminated so he hasn't been playing recently but you know they get people who are involved to talk about it they do it all very professionally but it's all from a point of view and like it's all just as like the players and people that watch the game would be interested in seeing Mm -hmm. um i think the downside is some of them sometimes are not very new watcher friendly like if you didn't know what was going on and you heard the commentation you'd be you'd be like really confused Mm -hmm. um but I think they also do a great job of juggling that because they don't – it's not like the same people every time. Whenever they do an event, they'll have like six commentators and it will be like, all right, it's these four this game and then they'll swap two and then mm-hmm. they'll swap two. And so sometimes you get – the friendly guy is on there who's like explaining everything and then sometimes you get the other guys who are just like super hype and just calling out like player ability names and stuff that people are like, I don't know what the ability is mm-hmm. called and stuff like that. Um. So in ter- so I, I, the way that you describe that reminds me a lot of how Overwatch League does it, um, and yet I still still as a fan of Overwatch, I still think that there's a barrier between the commentators. I think they're still trying to find their flow because so much of the game can just happen, and you can mm-hmm. just let the game happen, and especially because it can be, it can ultimately. There could be six 1v1 instances happening at the same exact time. Mm-hmm. So, But while people go, oh, we're following this this amazing player who will probably make great plays, mm-hmm. then you go to the healer who was en- ended up being in a corner and battle mercying their way out, mm-hmm. and it makes for a completely different moment that you didn't see. Mm-hmm. Um, That's why I think even with, with games like the MOBAs, like Dota and League, the perspective is a huge advantage mm-hmm. in terms of the spectator window. Being able to see top down, like games, League and Dota are both not made to be esports, but there's definitely a point in time in the design cycle where they went, all right, this is a thing, we need to design around this. League did a whole map overhaul 
where the whole th- they said it like over and over again. Clarity. We're going for clarity. They're redoing all the spells for clarity. They're doing all the colors for clarity to clearly define stuff. So even if you don't know what's going on, you can look and kind of decipher. Right, that's the person the player is. That's the minion. That's a wall. Whatever. <laughs> um, and it makes it much easier to see what's going on. And also, it makes for perfect replays of like. There's 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 no bad angles really. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You either see it or you don't. It's like, oh, the camera's in the wrong spot. Well, then you just move it in a replay. As opposed to Overwatch being there's a There's so many angles. There's, yeah, and and just like you said, it's so hard. To, like the plays happen so fast and people can move so fast. Like how do you set up the camera for like, all right, in league, okay, the Baron pit is always in the same spot. They're always going to fight in some place around that. You know, maybe you move a little bit, but in Overwatch, the fight on a point could happen any number of places around the point, at any different heights and in different rooms and stuff, it's mm. it's hard. I think that's the biggest barrier is, is being able to spectate, not being in it. And I think the the map the the rounds that end up coming out the best are either the uh, uh, the capture the point or the payload maps because mm-hmm. the action is supposed to be centered around one point. It's easier to follow the action. Yeah, and you know. With Overwatch especially, the predictive ability, it's since it's so new, there's been a lot of struggle with, okay, so you follow this player that usually does really big plays and you follow them and then, you know, all of a sudden they're sneaking around the back for two minutes and there's a huge game-changing fight on the <laughs> point and then you're like, well, well, we just missed all of that while, right. while this tracer was trying to set up a pulse bomb. Yeah. The, the, best, the best place to watch Overwatch League is in the arena. Because you get to watch everybody's health, everybody's, uh, like, are they on fire, like, their streaks, and everything is all right in front of you. That is mm-hmm. what it is designed for. It is beautifully set up in that arena. Yeah. Like, they really have it laid out. But you, you have to be there because you don't get that on the screen. Yeah. If, and if, I think yeah. I think eventually over time, you know, it takes time to shop these skills and get better. and But also... Like the storylines and the dynasties, these are the things that these sportscasters have talking about different legendary players' mm. legacies and their stats to compare new players to. Talking about teams' runs and the different team, like the player compositions and stuff. Yeah, um, and that's something that I think is part of the reason why league is able to like be so professional because they can talk about, you know, they have eight seasons now of, of professional play in their game to reference of you know we have a, a faker who is like the michael jordan of league of legends yeah, yeah or he whatever he won player of the year last year didn't he like he your esports many, player of many the year. times yes he uh yes at the video at the BGMs, yeah. yeah um so they, they've got the celebrities they have the dynasties of like tsm and clg they have the regional uh rivalries of mm-hmm. like ea versus na same kind of thing so it's very um it's cool, especially when you get to the world finals and you get to hear people talk about like the, the storytelling of other regions. That's really why I enjoy watching the finals because I'm not, even though I like watching it, I barely watch the regular season, let alone watching another region's mm-hmm. season. So to be able to go to the playoffs and the world finals in like the first rounds and you always get the commentators saying like, oh, this team, you know, came from the bottom of their bracket and, you know, finally got it together and ended up in first place. And now they're here in the finals competing and then getting to follow those teams like that story. That's the interesting part to me. And that, I think, is what a lot of people like in sports. That's why people have a favorite team, because you're you're kind of subscribing to that story and getting invested in it. And, and that's ultimately every, everything. To me, everything ends up going back to professional wrestling because there's because 
one of the things that people like about professional wrestling isn't just that it's a couple of dudes hitting each other, right. but it's, it's the, the story. story and yeah. you're getting invested in yep. the story. And there was a, there was a moment or there was a while um, a couple years ago where UFC was really, really, really huge. And it's not that it hasn't been big, but it was really, really big. And one of the biggest fights because I, I remember watching it. Um, was because a dude was being a d-bag. He like he wouldn't at the weigh in. He was spitting at the other guy. He wasn't going in for handshakes. Like all this stuff, and it made him a villain. And people were like, "Beat this guy up!" And I was like, "That's professional wrestling." And it's the and it's about the underdog story. In terms of Overwatch League, I'm I'm always a passive fan of the Shanghai Dragons. Always, you, yeah, because they're the the underdog, mm-hmm. and and you really want them to win. And and it's one of the things that um, even walking around with um, with my my keys and having my my gladiators thing poking out at at the office was like, ah, oh, you're not a valiant guy. I went, no, but I like rooting. First of all, wedding colors. Second of all, I like I like before I even knew who these teams were because I didn't have the background of the of who these teams were. And I think that does the Overwatch League a disservice by not having that footage. Like they're like, oh, teams and teams celebrating. These guys run a team together, but I don't I don't know that story. Um, you reminded me. Story. I think it's very much worth bringing up the commentators in the fighting game circuits. I also love them. Definitely some of the most professional I've seen, especially when you get to like Evo and the finals and stuff. Again, God. the storytelling, the rivalry is you know, talking when you get people talking. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And even talking about also characters too. And like this person plays this person in these type of fights or they play with this type of play style. And then, oh my God, they're bringing out their pocket pick that we've never seen. Yeah, it's like, like hype, stuff like that. It, is. Seeing, so one of my favorite things about Evo is the moment where it's like one more round before somebody gets like either knocked into the loser's bracket or knocked out. And they're just like twiddling their fingers and they're thinking and they're like hovering over a character and like the noise is starting to build. And if it's I'm I'm kind of familiar with with uh, the Street Fighter and Marvel's Capcom and like a couple of games that I'm kind of familiar with, like character balancing. Um, But for like there was one year for King of Fighters where somebody picked this really weird to like team of three and the crowd reacted huge and they went this and and immediately with the the same excitement as the crowd is like this is why this is unprecedented this is why this is a thing and boom 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 all, all the facts by the time the match starts the match starts you know cleaning house whatever with that new team and and I lo- that's what made me love the fighting game community was was the shout casting more so than just watching people fight right um but uh, uh, Miss K. Rose in chat, before we, before we get too far away, um, I really like watching the Overwatch League, but I think part of it is that it's a game I actually play. I'm a Fuel fan because the color I like the colors, but I had no clue who to follow, and while I'm still a Fuel fan, it's been rough. Yeah. yeah they've been through some yeah. ups and downs. Uh, they're, they're still p- playing really well. Uh, despite they beat my fusion. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right, Philly. I forgot you were a Philly <laughs> fan, too. Um, but uh, it's one of the things that I, I highly, highly recommend uh, if anybody is in town and has a passing uh, enjoyment of esports and just esports in general. Tickets are cheap for the Overwatch, uh, for, for the Blizzard Arena. Especially during the week. Especially during the week. And they, they've got, like, free giveaways on Wednesday and Thursday shows to try to pack the crowd. Gotta get um, those people in those seats. Yeah, you get a rally towel or a water bottle, but go. It's one of those things where they designed that experience for the people in the audience, and I highly recommend it. Yeah. Were, were you going to say follow up? Just agreeing completely. Mm-hmm. It, it really is an immersive experience. Like, that environment is so well-suited to... I mean, right now for the Overwatch community and to just Overwatch fans, you get all the information you need very overwhelmingly thrown in your face. (laughs) But it makes it a lot of fun. 
Uh, Robbie says weekdays are like two for twenty two bucks. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think I would enjoy watching Overwatch more if I played it more. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. why I don't play Overwatch more is a discussion we'll have to have on another episode. Sure, sure, that's sure. Um, the last thing before we get into our deep dive discussion, and I'm so happy that we have time because we've been ha- we've been able to take some time and discuss things. Uh, Battlefield Five debuted. Uh, we've got a trailer uh, that that we're gonna watch whenever whenever Steve's back around. Hey, Steve. Um, that wasn't a knock. I love you. Um, but but let's take a look at that as as we kind of talk over it. Uh, a lot, a lot of changes coming into the Battlefield Five uh, release that actually that make me a little bit more excited for the game, and it's one of one of the lessons learned from Star Wars Battlefront Two. One hundred percent is how they're handling their loot. Uh, any any loot that it changes gameplay, you can only earn by playing in game, and you earn credits by playing. Uh, there are also cosmetic items that you can also earn by playing, but you can also then pay real money in order to get those cosmetic items. So that's an, uh, an amazing foot forward when it comes to loot boxes and EA learning from Battlefront 2. Um, but in terms of single player, there's going to be a lot. It's similar to how Battlefield 1 operated where you're traveling around the world and doing these different instances. Scenarios. Scenarios, yeah. So it's... Uh, one character in Norway, a character in Greece, a character here, there, around the world. And I really like that. I didn't play much of Battlefield 1, but I really like the idea of being able to pop in and pop out of these various locations. Um, they're also trying to focus a lot more on squad-based tactics. And, and right. uh, Battlefield has always been a squad-based game, but now um, th- they're trying to sort of... Uh, uh, <laughs> they're, they're trying to introduce a lot more scarcity. So it, when you when you respawn on your group, you may have to go back to your last uh, post and get more ammo, more grenades, more anything. Or you could spawn on your squad and just try to help make that last push. It's a lot harder to advance by lone wolfing it, uh, which which I think is helps me a lot when it comes to first person shooter games is is uh, a lot of the lone wolfing it as opposed to no we need to stay in a group uh also anybody can revive anybody can revive but a medic can revive you to 100 percent um oh is that a a barbed wire cricket bat that looked cool um but dice is putting a lot of a lot of work into this they've got a couple of uh go ahead was the, the last one was called Battlefield One, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. because it was World War One. And now we're just going. And now we're back to Battlefield Five. Yeah. All right. Anyway, um, shout out to the marketing team. <laughs> <laughs> Why not just call it Battlefield Two? If you're going to do it, just commit. I, it's I, World they, War Two. If they had called it Battlefield One, I, if they spelled it out as opposed to giving it the number, may, well, this is Battle. So this is Battlefield do... V. It's still Battlefield Five, but it's not battle like because it wasn't Battlefield. IV. It was Battlefield 4 with like a alphanumeric 4 as opposed to a Roman numeral 4. Whereas this is Battlefield 5 with a Roman numeral 5. That just makes it worse. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's not helping then the it, argument. Because then if it's going to be a number, it should just be a number like the last one. <laughs> you you got to have some consistency. No, ba- Battlefield like a hand like with a 5. Like five fingers? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, like, an, like the it's frostbite an arrow five. pointing to the disc are, are inside. Are we referring to the... Uh, the 
woman with the uh, prosthetic limb here? No, I'm not referring to the woman with a prosthetic limb. I'm not a monster. Watch Camp Camp Season 3, Episode 1. Um, oh but, uh, oh, God, it's so... Oh, have you watched it yet? I watched so it. So good. I watched it like four times. Um, but some some of the new stuff in multiplayer, uh, I like they're doing... There's a game called Combined Arms, which is essentially uh, cooperative raid-like engagements where you just have to move to... Move, move, move to the next thing. Okay. Um, Grand Operations is a 64-player... Uh, engagement that plays out over three to four, three to four matches. Lot, had last game. Um, where it takes place day after day after day after yeah, day with different missions. And okay. That's, yeah. that's combined arms, right? Grand operations. This right. one is called Grand Operations, the one that I'm talking about. Ah, I gotcha. Got yeah. Um, okay, cool. They they called that as new. Uh, but also something that they learned, for, or something that they quote learned from Battlefront 2 is there's going to be no premium pass that they traditionally offer and every, all of the future no updates BR are going to be free. No, no VR mode. Is that good or bad for you? I mean, I, I was not going to buy it either way. But this is one of those things. About last week, saying that that was a missed opportunity if uh, if they weren't going to jump on that. I don't. I don't know. I think Battlefield is focusing on all the stuff that makes them Battlefield and plussing it up just a little bit here and there, and they're making a they're making a solid experience. Like I'm not. I'm I don't not like a, the things that make Battlefield. <laughs> Battlefield. The feeling of insignificance. What when am, you spawn in and just get mowed down. One of my favorite things about like Battlefield, I, I haven't had too storied of a of a past with, but. Um, Battlefield 3 had an open beta and it was the first time that I had, that I ever played the game and I I just wanted to try it out and I loved it because you had to stick together you had to you had to work objective to objective and anybody that would run up would get killed and it and it it was even weirder because it took place in in France and in the and in the 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 metro which I had just come back from a trip of and I was like I was here like two months ago. This is really weird. I know this street. I know all of this stuff. This is bizarre. Um, so it had a really weird thing, but it always made me sort of, even though I didn't actively buy a Battlefield every year, it, it always made me sort of pro Battlefield because it, it played to my sensibilities. And I really appreciated it to where I could, being this newcomer, I still felt like I could do some good. Um, so it didn't didn't do anything for you. I mean, I I played it. I I had a buddy that bought it, and I mm-hmm. bought it on sale a few years after it had been Battlefield out. One or Battlefield Three. Battlefield One. I'm just talking about Battlefield in general. Battlefield One. Okay, but not one, but one. Not the original Battlefield. Right. Battlefield One. Yes. Okay. Four point five. Well, because it was Battlefield 1942, 1943, and then Battlefield Two, wasn't it? Wasn't there like a future one too? Eventually, Battlefield Four was the future one. No, it was a Battlefield Twenty One. You're real quiet, by the way, Steve. Yeah. Oh, sorry, guys. Battlefield Twenty One. Uh, I want to say sixty thirty four. I'll look it up. I, I figured it would be twenty one forty two, just to keep that forty two year with it. There's a no. there was a future one. Yeah, I played that one. Um, I played Battlefield Three too. It was it was cool and like and how different it was, but it was also like so different. Battlefield Hardline was the different one for me. I tried playing that one. I played the story of Hardline. Yeah, because that was fun. Mm-hmm. But the wasn't a fan of the. I also player. I also like the physics of a battlefield where yeah. everything I is. Like, they they added like, some some yeah. building elements in in Battlefield Five. That that was in the notes too. Is everybody oh. has a kit where you can build some fortifications. Yeah, reinforce. Yeah, the, the uh, that's cool. That's but cool. it also seemed like a siege. Something that they learned from Siege too, where mm-hmm. instead of just giving a couple of people specializations, give everybody the opportunity in various places to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and, I, I love the gun mechanics in mm-hmm. that game. 
and that's I, that's part of the reason why I really enjoyed the campaigns. Um, some of the scenarios were a little bit repetitive-y, but it was a cool environment. It was cool to see the maps used in a different way. Mm-hmm. But really, it's just really cool to shoot the guns without being, like, killed every 30 seconds. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Well, that's one of my favorite things about the giant maps. Uh, 20, 2142. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Future. It was the future. Um, I, I I like the, the larger maps because there there is a lot more of a, hey, I'm going to do something, like sort of a <laughs> no. run into a line of bullets and, and, and fall down because everything's so spread out you have a little bit more of an opportunity unless somebody's in like a zeppelin or a tank mm-hmm. um but yeah I'd, i if i can i'm i'm gonna give battlefield 5 a shot you know if the by the it's i mean already before e3 this fall is already looking real busy real yeah, busy so um it yeah i i uh, this one's october 19th if i remember correctly so to whatever else is coming out in the fall it's going to be really hard to to fit in with a lot of the surprise stuff that will probably be told about uh later this month we're gonna be talking about e3 all next week uh some of our uh predictions what we want what we don't want that'll be an exciting conversation too um but uh nate uh we've gotten to the part of the show uh, we're going to be talking about some choices. What what made you want to bring this up and talk about this today? Um, I just playing Deadfire. One like because the main th- one of the main things I enjoyed about it was the dialogue choices mm-hmm. in terms of how people reacted to how you spoke, but also uh, little choices that you make throughout the game that make like not only a visible impact but like a gameplay impact on the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just kind of got me thinking about other games that did the same thing, games that don't, you know, some games make you think that, like, you're making a choice, but no matter what you do, the same thing happens. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of wanted to get your guys' opinion on that. What are some of your favorite games, you know, that have made you choose, some that are, like, memorable, stuff like that? I asked some of my other friends. Uh, everybody, everybody said Mass Effect. Yeah, that, um, that's kind of the first one that comes up. That's out. not a game that I played. Uh <laughs> I I I lost to the elevator boss mm-hmm. in the first game. It just and that was it, it was it, I was mm-hmm. like, nope, not into this game enough to put up with this. I was thinking about all the elevators I would have to play. I'd have to sit through throughout the rest of the game, and I just I stopped. I couldn't do it. Um, but I am familiar with the world and like, especially like Mass Effect Two and, and the and like Three and like yeah, and the stuff that mm-hmm. happens. Um, well, I think the thing about Mass Effect was people were so invested in the fact that their choices did matter. And then at the end of it, it, it amounted to three small differentiating things mm-hmm. that didn't – that wasn't really a choice. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, the, every, the same thing was going to happen no matter what you did. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why there was so much uh, disgruntled rage from the Mass Effect community was because it wasn't – all, I made all of these these choices to do something good, and overall it means nothing, which is kind of a, something about life, but ultimately not something that people want in their games. Uh, Stacey, was there any that came came to mind for you? Yeah, so I have really conflicted feelings about games that, where your choices matter, mm-hmm. because I'm the kind of person who wants to explore every timeline and every opportunity. Um, there's actually one game, a ridiculous little game, where your choices make like... I mean, the game is about your choices. Oh, okay. Uh, it's this little indie game called Long Live the Queen. Okay. And it's not it's not like a walk around game. It's literally just a it's a magical girl princess game. Okay. Basically. And you just choose different like skills for her to brush up on and, and there's a story that you follow and you build up your skills as you go. 
You can choose, you know, to study your courtly manners or your foreign intelligence or magic, or you can, like, become versed in the occult. Mm -hmm. And as you move through the story, well, you need certain skills to survive, otherwise you die horrifically. And you don't know that until it's like, hey, you're going to die. So you could be the most well-versed courtly princess with the best manners in the world who knows the history of her country better than anyone in the world. But uh, 20 weeks in, if you get a box of chocolates and you did not study, um, you know, your presence with dogs and your ability to handle dogs and they don't alert you that there's poison in that chocolate, you're dead. All it's right. terrible. And that's, and and that's it's just wonderful. And game over? Yes. Yeah. Wow. So it's a, it's a brutal game. But these choices, you end up, you craft the kind of person you want this this little princess become queen oh, to be. Oh, I know what you're talking about. It's like a mobile game, right? Essentially. Yeah. But it's, but it's I mean, like a it's visual novel. That's a Steam. sequel to, uh, uh, what is it? Well, I don't think it's called Long Live the King. But there's another one, too, where you basically you play. Is that the one where you swipe? You have like yes, no, and it gives you choices, and you have to like pick with the cards. No, no, no. It's okay, that's a different that. game. It's no, but it's um, yeah, it's just a kind of simulator essentially. Okay, but you choose to train, so you can study, you know, foreign intelligence, or you can study jousting. Interesting. Uh, and as you go through these different choices, and you also you can make choices where you keep like you essentially control her mental health Mm -hmm. so you can have an extremely depressed extremely angry princess and it will well it will boost her learning in certain areas okay so you like right i mean it feels horrible sometimes because you're like (laughs) i need her to be lonely and upset and just in a horrible mood always so that you can skill like level up faster yeah and you're gonna have wildly different endings to this game i mean you're so, Miss K. Rose in chat is playing that and says that she's really enjoying it thanks I, to Steam's uh, spring cleaning. Apparently they have it on sale. I, I go back to that game regularly like nice. when I have a couple hours to kill and just try to figure out as many different horrific things I can do. Like, well, there's, there's like 30 different deaths you can get. Mm-hmm. And is there an achievement for getting Yes. Nice. Yes. 100%. <laughs> I need them. Oh, uh, that's funny. Uh, good funny. Terrifying funny. Um, for me, um, I, I usually don't have too many games where, where I do, where I am presented with those choices. I'm, I'm a fan of being lost in a narrative, if, if folks haven't picked that up yet already for me. But um, I do remember one, and, and, and it reminded me because it was on one of the lists that you sent, uh, Batman Arkham City. It, it, it gives you, uh, a, there, there's a choice where uh, you can either end the game early and just be like, ah, oh, you lost. Thank you. Or or go. Um, a part of the pre-order was you got uh, a Catwoman DLC, which um, I started playing and I went, oh, I guess the code didn't work. Whatever. And you finish a, a boss battle with the Joker and and it, like, where Bruce could be dead. And it fades to black. And then it fades up and you're Catwoman. And, and like, I don't want to play this right now at all. So it, it, it got to me in a really, really bad time where I was like, this is the worst, poss- possibly the best, possibly the worst. For me at the moment, I was, I was just so into the story and so into the dynamic between uh, Bruce and the Joker that I, didn't, I wasn't ready for Selena to pop up. Um, but especially because it was a stealth sequence. It was all stealth, which I'm... For like Assassin's Creed, it's you get caught, you fight your way out. But this was you get caught back to back to one, mm-hmm. oh, and so it was it was like Last of Us. Yeah, it was rough. It was so rough. I finally get through it, and she finds out about Bruce, and you can decide either to go save him or 
oh, I got, I made my money, I can bounce. So I said, I made my money, I can bounce. And then they rolled credits. That was the end of the game. And I went, oh, that's bullshit. And then I, I had to do it again, reload my save, do it again, and make the other choice to which the she Selena showed up and saved Bruce right after the fade to black happened in, in the main story. And it one of the few things that wrecked that game for me was that moment. It was just the wrong time, the wrong place to put a decision, where ultimately it did affect the rest of the game, where it was like, nah, you're done. Congratulations. But it was more of a dick thing, like, oh, oh, good, great, good for you. You picked money, and, and you got an achievement for it, but it was really lame. And I was, so Steve, what's up? Oh, I was just saying. You're really quiet again, boss. Got it. There we go. Hey, bud. You- Sorry about that, guys. Uh, yeah, it just reminded me when uh, Pat beat Prey. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah, when he beat it early on the station and he took that other option to just leave the station and then he got the bad ending. And that's and that was it. Yeah. Well, also, the, like, the, the Far Cry. Uh, they've done it twice now, where, mm-hmm. where if you listen to the bad guy and you sit and you wait, or, or however it is in 5, but at least in 4, when Pagan Min says, hey, I'll be back in 10 minutes, you wait 10 minutes, you're like, all right. Let's go build this reactor, and and he go. You go. You lay your mom to rest, and that's the end of the game. That's that type of stuff. I think is more beneficial to like the lifeblood of a game as opposed to a like a fake choice. That's mm-hmm. something where it's like, hey, thanks for paying attention. We're going to give you a little bit something extra, as opposed to, at least in my case, here's two hours or or however long it was. It felt like forever. So, but here's here's so long to give you something that that ultimately doesn't matter. We could have we we just made more gameplay stuff right. as a character that you're not used to playing that overall if I didn't have that wouldn't have affected the story other than she just shows up. I think the distinction to make and that's important when we're talking about like choice in games is is the difference in choices that are like Small choices that you just kind of make along the way that seem inconsequential that mm-hmm. end up actually having consequences and choices that are put there intentionally for you to think about and weigh the options and like kind of the fun of that is for you to think about and weigh, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in actually finally selecting a choice. Um, and I think in some of those games where that is the way I don't necessarily like it, but I can see why it doesn't really matter what you choose because it's not about the the outcome; it's mm-hmm. about the choice itself. Um, I but agree I, with that. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I see I see some games doing that. One of the reasons why I like Dead Fire is because, like I said, there are a lot of choices you make that change the world around you. Mm-hmm. But there also is you know a few changes, especially choices, especially at the end of the game, that lots of big sweeping things happen. It seems I'm not sure I haven't finished another playthrough, but it seems like the end is the end, no matter what you do. Um, but there's a lot of stuff that happens that kind of you don't get to play afterwards. They're just like, all right, all of this stuff happened because of what you did, but like now the game, some yeah, credits off. rolls, yeah, and then it's just it's over. You just got to start a new game or load up as before you ended it, kind of like a Fallout situation. Okay, um, depending on what uh, group you picked, right? Yeah, but again. Um, for me, like as far as like old games, that was one of the reasons why I loved Fable so much. The whole Fable mm-hmm. series is that choice of being able to. Excuse, me. bless you. Woo. That was weird. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back. I held it in. Um, 
Yeah, I love the Fable series for that reason of kind of that being able to choose your choices and how that affects your character. Um, another game my friends mentioned to me, we were talking about Dishonored, especially Dishonored 2, mm-hmm. based on the way that you dispatch enemies and kind of get through the levels. I was talking about it with Steve before It changes how the level works, right. So if you do the nonviolent approach, it stays kind of like a clean, nice, pretty city. But the more people you kill, like the more gritty the whole environment around you gets. Mm-hmm. And, and it's something I'm pretty sure you play too, similarly to um, Undertale. Yes. Based on mm-hmm. how you, not even just you start killing bad guys or presumed good guys or even how you dispose of people right that that has that has affected it and I'm, I'm more of a fan of those choices of being able to choose through gameplay as opposed to here are two people which one do we kill or well, yeah. who do you follow in this yeah. case yeah. Yeah. yeah I like both because I mean there are scenarios like you know you look at the the Wolfenstein games and in, in not not the one before the most recent one um, the Old Blood New Gods? The, fir- the first one that Old Blood. Uh, oh, yeah. sorry, guys. The first so, one that right. refreshed. Yeah. New Order. Yes, New, New Order. Order. New, you make New a choice in the beginning of that mm-hmm. that changes how you play the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. kind of like two different paths. Two different paths to yeah. take, yeah. Um, I like stuff like that. I, th- I think it's cool. It, it kind of gives it, you know, refreshes replayability, but also it, it makes... You, it makes it feel like your choice actually matters. Now, granted, you still kind of get to the same place, but you take mm-hmm. a different path. You know, it branches outward, eventually it comes back in. Mm-hmm. But it's nice that they put that extra time in that the other stuff is there. But I think part of the reason why we get some games where you make a choice and it seems like it doesn't really matter is because that takes a lot of resources yeah, to invest mm-hmm. into stuff that some players may never even experience. Mm-hmm. You know, some people only play a game once, they make their choices, that's it. And you have all this stuff that essentially you wasted money making. Well, especially from, I mean, even from a gamer point of view, for a game that's 40 plus hours, to know that there's a whole other, like, set of choices I could have made, especially in a game that's more branching than just, like, one or two big choices that you make that goes off, to mm-hmm. know that there are kind of almost infinite possibilities in this case mm-hmm. that I could, that I would have to play this game that has taken, you know, more than 40 hours to complete once, just as someone who doesn't have enough time to do that for mm-hmm. one game. That's kind of devastating to me. Like, I'd want to know mm-hmm. all of these storylines. And, yeah, I can go watch them on YouTube, I guess. But Yeah, well, that, but that's what, think... I, that, that's what happened to me with, with God of War. I was just like, because I knew I wanted to let one of y'all borrow it, I just went God of War secret ending. And mm-hmm. then I found out that it's not necessarily a 100% completion ending, that there's they mention something in dialogue that says, oh, go do this. And then it happens. But I just was in a mode of, okay, I'm done. What's the 100% ending? So it, it's a lot of – I, I can definitely see that. Um, and when it comes to, to choices through gameplay where it's more about the choice than the results of that choice, one that comes to mind is Modern Warfare 2 in the airport. Is you have the choice to shoot at, shoot at the civilians in the airport or you have the choice to not. And ultimately – what you do in that moment in the overall story doesn't necessarily matter as much as being present for that event. Right. But it's more of a decision as the player to make that decision. Right. And and in, in a similar vein to that, I was rewatching um b- before I before I finished God of War, I rewatched God of War three uh as a two hour movie. And um I forgot how how much 
Kratos just killed civilians. Like, it wasn't just the skeleton warriors from Hades that were coming up and attacking. It was he was indiscriminately killing all of those people. And back at that time, I was like, cool, great, whatever. But now looking back at that choice that I made to do that, it's like, wow, what a dick. Like, and not just Kratos, but me for just going, yeah, whatever. I've got these cool chains. So angry. So I think the other thing to... Um, in in the conversation about choices that my friend brought up that I hadn't even thought about is also just like little choices you make in terms of just like gameplay choices. So even things like League of Legends, for example, mm-hmm. um, being a jungle player, it, the whole role is based around decision making and choosing: Am I going to focus on top lane? Or am I going to focus on bot lane? And that influences the route that I take Mm -hmm. around the map. But then top lane dies before I get there. So now that choice, now I have to make a new choice. And so you kind of get these constantly branching paths that lead you to where the game is. And you get put in situations where, okay, well, I have to make the decision now. Do I try to steal Baron or do I just let them take it and we turtle? Uh, in the same way that in like a game like PUBG, you have to make a choice: Am I going to drop at school, and where I'm, you know, and yeah, bloody blade it an out, or am I going like, to drop? Despite how forward right. that, uh, how are we? We hear gunshots close to us. Are we going to go towards it and try to take them out? Are we going to take a car and drive the other yeah. way? Right? Are we going to mm-hmm. ride the edge of the circle? Are we going to drive straight in the middle? Are we going to go Boat for ride. that crate? Things like that are mm-hmm. choices, and I think that's why games like that, same thing with like Fortnite, are interesting because you get those same kind of narrative choices without necessarily, you know, you don't get as much production value. But you're but telling you, your own story. Right, yeah, exactly. You get immediate choices that you can pretty quickly go back in and redo that choice and um, try it again in a completely different and way. Yeah, yeah and no matter right. what yes, yes. Well, yes. Well, you get, you deal Drop with the two. consequences and you're mm-hmm. allowed to try again but also I think part of the reason why games like PUBG and Fortnite and League are so interesting is because of that like you get to you bring you always bring in the knowledge you know if you're a smart player and you learn from your mistakes you always bring in that new knowledge into the game but it's always a new game you're always playing against different people you know you're never going to be presented with the same choices twice like maybe similar situations but it's never going to be exactly the same parameters it's at least not for a, a long time opponent it's always going to be a different weapon it's always going to be a different amount of people alive it's going to be different you know and you know it's always say, a variable if at first you don't succeed if at first you don't succeed you dust yourself off and try again try again um so as you just did yeah uh you just take two um so, something that i that i just thought of that if if it had existed by the time the movie came out uh, I'm excited for the future battle royale of uh, Live, Die, Repeat, the Tom Cruise movie. Oh, boy. Uh, where you just reinstance, 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 but it's the same thing over and over and over again. Um, but it, it, there, was an, there was another choice that, that I wanted to bring up going back to God of War. Um, you, you get button prompts throughout classic God of Wars of uh, like quick time events. Like, you would start a kill sequence on a chimera, and it would be triangle, square, circle, triangle, X. And then you eviscerate it. Yay. And so through this whole time, you just – you have to know. You have to press that in order to in order to advance. At the end of the game, when you're killing Zeus, you're, it's like just keep mashing circle, and you keep punching and punching and punching. And then blood splatter on the screen. You keep punching, you punching, blood splatter on the screen. Until it's completely red, but it's still got that button thing. And little did players know the first time through, you can stop after a little while. 
but you're just fulfilling that revenge. You have the choice to stop. And there's a similar the, – the, I'm sorry if this ends up being a spoiler, but it's not. There's a similar decision near the end of God of War where it's like tap circle and me remembering like – I beat the shit. I killed the shit out of Zeus, and it was just gross and disgusting and 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 rough. Where I I would do it a little bit and then stop and see if that was all I had to do. And then do it a little bit and stop and see if that was all I had to do until the story came through and was a re, like a reinforming of the choice of like yeah stop like yeah it 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 was it was a wonderful moment that last week I talked about. There are some moments for God of War fans that. Are, inform some of the things that happened in this newest God of War and that was one of them where if you didn't have that moment of a complete red screen beating the ever living crap out of Zeus there you, prob- you probably would approach that that last fight a little bit differently maybe but um, what so Stacey you're, you have the inherent choice to do the single a, 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 a walk forward of a line of story in a game like a Skyrim or an mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed, but you make the choice to learn as much about the world, explore as much about the world. What where where does that choice come from? I mean, if I'm dropped in the middle of a world, I want to know as much about it as possible. Mm-hmm. I, I like knowing the background, and I feel like sometimes, especially I mean, occasionally in games like Skyrim. There's a couple of places I remember discovering that are, you know, not marked on the map that you just stumble onto someone's house. And, A, you have the choice of if you're going to immediately fight them and kill them or if you're going to make friends. And I'm recalling one of these people who ended up teaching me a whole bunch of bow and arrow skills because I made friends with her instead of kill- – like, I helped her out instead That's of awesome. killing her. And so I get – like, in these games, even though those choices don't really matter in Endgame, especially with Skyrim because you can choose the Empire or the Stormcloaks. Mm-hmm. So you do have a branching choice in that. It does make little moment-to-moment differences. Uh, another one, I guess, is – well, I guess who you make friends with. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn is another one. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. It makes a huge difference in the end scene. How many so how many quests you complete, how many people you make friends with. Again, if you kill someone or spare them, uh, they'll show up later on. Yeah, they'll they'll show up like for that that last boss fight. The, depending on how many groups you help, you it could really really help that you last fight. You can have a full crew on yeah. hand there to help you out. Or yeah. you know, if you've made enemies of everybody and chosen all the nasty dialogue choices. Yeah, and actually that that, that brings up a good point. Uh, as as is per usual with me, I forget a lot about Horizon Zero Dawn, <laughs> but um, ultimately that, w- that was one of the ones where I, I didn't really waver when it came to my decisions. I, I, always, I always went with... So one of the things that actually I think kind of soured the experience a little bit, and, and I know you didn't play too much of it, Nate, did you ever get to a choice where no. it would show brain, mm. heart, uh, or like force, like, no. like yeah. strength, or like a, like mm-hmm. a fist or something. So so they would label the decisions no. like in um there. What, what was the game? There there was There's one an option to turn that on in Dead Fire. Oh, is there mm-hmm. to to know what your so what you kind of like the to like what versus... right to what kind of temperament is applied to each. Because that this was one is of the aggressive. things. This is the passive one. Yeah, this is the friendly that, one. That was one of the, actually. Oh God, I didn't like Eleanor for that reason. Uh, because yeah, you couldn't tell. You couldn't tell. It would be like, oh, listen, I have to talk to you. Hey, fucker! You know, it would right. be the dialogue like options that. sounds yeah. great, and I appreciate that. They fixed that, that by the way. Yeah, the, I know the the new the update. Yeah. They they made it like they just said what the emotions were yeah. as opposed to the lines of dialogue. But when it came to Horizon, 
that ultimately helped my decision making. Mm-hmm. But um, it because I, I ended up going with my uh, I think my heart. Ultimately, I ended up picking the the oh, heart a little bit more. I was the reasonable, rational one the, the, most with the, brain. Of the time. Yeah, yeah. So, so that that sort of simplifies what the what the dialogue is and what the choice means and and what that uh, what that ends up becoming. And ultimately, I didn't. I didn't think about the fact that me going to all of these different groups and having a positive effect on them is what brought them to the end battle. I thought it was just, oh yeah, these are these are just the people that are here at the end battle. No, um, you collect you collect your allies, your folks. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I didn't do too many side missions, um, but maybe there's just there's enough in the main story to get you at least the basics mm-hmm. for that final boss. Yeah, there are some that you can't help but run into. Yeah. That you'll encounter no matter what, and you usually have to positively complete their mm. their parts. So Yeah. Um, but that that was one where ultimately, aside from the final boss, there was that was one where I didn't think that my choices really mattered. But I, Overall, I mean, and overall I agree with you, uh, just for who shows up mm-hmm. at the end. And I think I can think that happens in Final Fantasy too. In okay. Final Fantasy fifteen, uh, not for the main end battle, but for a extra side battle where you fight the giant enormous turtle thing. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> you could have everyone's help or no one's help. Okay, um, uh, f- folks in chat, if if you're watching us live, or if you're if you're not watching us live, you can be watching us live on inventoryfullpt dot uh, on Twitch. So twitch.tv slash inventoryfullpt. Make sure to follow. And if you have a Twitch uh, Twitch Prime subscription available, give us a subscription. Uh, we've got a couple of fun emotes, and it helps uh, support the show. Uh, we're we're going to be making some improvements, some changes. Thanks to all of the people that have been subscribing and providing bits. Uh, uh, thank you very much. And we do stream throughout the week. Stacy's been streaming Overwatch. Uh, I've been streaming Minecraft. I'm going to try to make the Minecraft at least as much of a weekly thing as I possibly can um, until my my creation is complete. But um, yeah, um, we appreciate everybody who who watches live, uh, and and it helps it helps us follow the conversation or bring the conversation around and uh, possibly pivot to something that we didn't think about. So if you're live in chat right now, let us know if there's a game that you played that you thought the choices were really important or really mindful, really impactful. Um, Cause similarly uh, it's, it's one of the reasons why I can't play the telltale games too much is because a lot of the times, yeah, it doesn't really matter. Um, the I play the last the most recent one I played was Minecraft Story Mode, um, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to play the Game of Thrones one because my wife is really into Game of Thrones and and I want to play that one too. Yeah, even though you know you know ultimately none of your choices in that yeah, one matter. I've, I've <laughs> tried to play that one a few times. Then not not good. It hasn't stuck. Especially with, with now since they're all licensed, uh, it it's really hard to. To, well, except for, I mean, The Walking Dead did did have original characters in it and some comic characters as well. So the, they established early on that it was um, separate from the TV show and separate from the comic universe in terms of, like, plot and what happens in time periods and mm-hmm. areas and things like that. So that was their way of going, no, 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 everything matters. But then, like, uh, I, I wish they would remake the Back to the Future one because it's – if they did it in sort of the modern Telltale style, it would feel a little bit better. The Batman one too was kind of eh. Um, I didn't play it, but I, I worked on a show that that played it. Um, but yeah, the 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 Telltale ones is like, hey, choice, and then ultimately it's not. It's still the story that that they want to tell. Yeah. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. it's that 
it's that storybook, you know, choose your own adventure, but mm. those always had the same endings at the end, even though mm. there was lots of different ways to get there in the middle. Yeah. Especially for uh, Walking Dead Season 1. It's like, ultimately, <laughs> this has to happen. This this is going to happen, and it's whether you can you can or not. Um, Candace Grant, I'm late, but throwing these oldies for goodies for choice. Knights of the Old Republic. Very, yeah, very, mm-hmm. very good. Though, I, with the way that the first one ends, like, ultimately, that you do land on that, that's what ends up happening. Right. With, with, and I still don't <laughs> want to spoil that game because it's such a good, such a good uh, thing. Uh, Miss K. Rose, I've played a handful of visual novels, and while I feel like my choices matter, I hate having to wait to make a choice. Yeah, I could see that. It was the same with Hadoful Boyfriend for me. I'm kidding. Never played it. But um, mm-hmm. there, it was funny. It's funny playing Dream Daddy. Uh, and I've still only played it once. But Your choices matter. It, it choices definitely do matter. But playing that with my wife, which was very interesting. And, and I, I'm excited to go back and play it again. But it was just like... Did we just have a one night stand with this guy? I think we did. And then it's like achievement. You're a bad dad. Damn it! No, what did we do? What? No, go back. Revert. Wow. Go back uh, to old. This, save. this is a really interesting storyline you created. <laughs> yeah, Richard. Yeah, he's he's a bad boy. Anyway, um, but yeah, the what? Uh, <laughs> it's it, it's weird because initially, you know, I, I said at the top of the conversation, I, I don't I don't remember a lot, and then it ends up being a lot more than I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's a lot of games I can think of that you have choices in mm-hmm. that that mean something that do mean something. What was was there ever a choice that either of y'all made that stuck with you, like the fact that you made that choice or didn't make that choice? I want to say yes, but I can't think of anything. So no, no, okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, Empire. Yeah. Oh, the choices yeah. at the end. I mean, that ending just. And that that ends up being even though you play the same beats in the story, the story that is told at the end is wildly different depending, depending on, on your ascended. choices. Yeah, and so well, and because you can technically succeed or fail in that game, I haven't played both ways. Okay. I've just fin- you know finished it. Uh, but I suppose you could fail if you don't keep up, like if you don't choose the right people to ascend, or you don't like win all of your matches. Hmm. So that does end up being pretty choice heavy, and the narrative that they weave at the end is extremely specific to the choices that you make. So that could play out any number of ways. And that's another one, Pyre. Didn't yeah. Like, oh yeah, you're making a choice after every game. Yeah, and so actually, one of the choices that I did make, uh, kind of, I, I let one of the enemies win in a in a big important match, mm-hmm. and she got to go free. And so the little ending blurb about her, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. It, Made it the right decision. With me. I did. Ooh, I, I do just want to give a shout out to Crusader Kings, which is a game of literally about making choices that span generations. <laughs> you, well, I'd say Civ too. Yeah, but it's it, Civ is so iterative too. You don't really make. Choices, but I, I, there, I think those choices you don't like necessarily gather resources matter. and you build things. And depending right. on on who you ally Whereas with, or like make war with, right? Because with Crusader Kings, it really matters like who you ally with, who mm-hmm. you marry your kids to, another one. and then who those kids, you know, h- how many kids do they have, mm-hmm. and like who do they get married to, and what alliances get formed, and then you get, you know, the because the game spans can span like a thousand years. You get a you know, hundred years later, like, oh, you're great 
great grand great 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 grandson now has a claim on one of your lands and he's also the king of France now and now he's <laughs> like oh hey man I want that and it's like bro I don't even know you but but, but, it's, but distant 50 relative. years ago I was like man I gotta marry them to somebody in France <laughs> so stuff like that I this think is, how is they super get interesting too yeah. uh, choosing to date Solus in Dragon Age Inquisition stuck with me because of things I don't want to spoil okay yeah yeah that's that's fair <laughs> um, I just remembered one of my favorite games for the Playstation 3 and that is all about choices and that was Infamous I loved Infamous, and and of the the main thing is you either, you either choose to be a good guy or a bad guy, and if you want to play with all of the best toys, you either have to go full good or full bad. And um, I was trying to get, I was trying to one hundred percent that game. I never did, but um, one of the easy ones without having to start all the way back over was even though I had cleared every single area and I was a good guy. Um, to go full bad, you just had to you know beat up civilians, blow up property, things like that. But as as I was doing it, I was hating it. I was hating myself because I was like, no, these these folks look at me as like a good guy, and now they're throwing like Molotov cocktails at me. I couldn't. I could not make. I could not do the bad stuff in that game. What you're saying is you would you wouldn't enjoy Westworld. I would not enjoy Westworld. <laughs> I, is it, does that make me a bad person? That like anytime I'm in those open world games with a bunch of civilians, like I don't like make a point to do that. But mm. I re- you know when you reach that point where like you've had a long session, you're like, all right, I'm gonna I'm winding down. I'm not gonna, gonna do another mission. Stuff? I'm just kind of walking around, and then I just start killing people. Like it just usually happens. You know, blow some shit up, shoot some civilians. It like, depends on the game for me. Yeah. It, for Infamous, because it was so tied with establishing this identity as a hero for these people in a crisis situation like and helping establish uh food and supplies to what did you do at the end did you all good like all 100 percent good stuff like no and for infamous 2 and second son and all that stuff i i didn't like even looked at some of the powers and went so second son is a sequel of infamous 2 right yeah, so they took the data of. So they just does it assume the good ending or is it? The it bad assumed ending? one of the endings. Which one? I'm not gonna say. Oh come on! Play it. Play. I'm it. not gonna play it. Too bad. Uh, then sucks to be you. But they they looked at the player data. They looked at. Okay, but I want to know which if you killed all the humans or if you killed all the superhumans. Anyway, um, it uh, let me get to the to the point. Okay. It's, and it goes with the goes with the theme. Uh, Sucker Punch took the the choices that folks made at the end of Infamous Two. They looked at the trophy data and uh, over a, a period of time, and whichever whoever did most of the either the good or the bad ending, that was the canon ending. So they left it up to the player base to go. All right, well, Cole's dead, and what are we, how he died and the the things around his death, whatever. Um, how are we going to move forward with the story? Is it going to be Cole? Is it going to be a new protagonist? And it's a new protagonist because Cole died and has and is stayed dead. And that's something that they talked about in Second Son, where Cole is dead and he stayed dead. Um, but um, it it ju- it affected how the world went forward with treating the superhuman mm-hmm. gene, not the mm-hmm. X gene. Um, but yeah, I I Infamous was a game all about choice, but I I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to making the wrong one. Mm-hmm. What. So, well, speaking of that wrong choice, um, so going back to Undertale for a second, you don't necessarily know that you have a choice at the beginning of that game. Someone had to tell me Mm -hmm. I had a choice. I I mean, I would have just blindly started fighting, Mm -hmm. probably, because that's what you're generally coded to do in a video game. 
so you know you get through the first couple fights and you discover that you have a choice mm-hmm. you can't go back with a game like Undertale you can't you can't clear the save you cannot no because you try to and you start again and they remember they remember it's terrifying horrifying game, a game that remembers um, but so yeah when you're not presented with a clear choice like that sometimes you don't know until you've already made the first choice mm-hmm. and like started yourself down down a pathway and in a in a, a lot of the games it's hard to go back from there yeah agreed that but that was the thing with infamous where it was uh, save a cat stuck in a tree or burn the tree. So it was, it was very clearly, so. very clearly <laughs> defined what the good and the bad choices were. So that it wasn't like, ha, gotcha. So um, that was, it was helpful. But it was also just like, use your head. If you want to be a bad guy, be a bad guy. But if not, whatever. Well, talking about that too also reminded me of one of the cool features in Deadfire is, is how it is a sequel to the first Pillars game. And that game had a lot of decisions and stuff too. You had a very big role in kind of how the world played out and you made a lot of decisions throughout the course of the game. And because of that, you can import your save and it it drastically affects how the rest of the game keeps those choices plays out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what's really cool is it even shows you in certain dialogue conversations, there's like a little marker that says, this is because of the decisions that you made in the first Pillars game. Hmm. And it's nice because they offer a nice kind of easy... Because I didn't play the first game. I know what happened, but I didn't play the first game. They give you a nice selection of like basically like, here's what you did. You basically... You did everything good. You did everything kind of even. You did everything bad. Mm-hmm. You did this. Like basic kind of generalizations. But you can also go and do a custom like... And run through almost every situation and, like, side stuff, too. And, like, what did your companions do? Did you finish their quest? Did they die? Hmm. Like, stuff like that. And then when you load it up, when you start the game, some of those people are not there. Some of them are there. Some of them are happy to see you. Some of them are not. It's, I'm about it, man. Yeah, it's cool. That's killer. Uh, any any final thoughts about choices in games and, and decisions? Any Anything that you would recommend in terms of, of, of a game where you can uh, – where choices matter? Um, I mean, I recommend New Vegas if nobody's played it, but I I really recommend Deadfire if you're into uh, classic RPGs, even a little bit. Mm-hmm. If you're into Dungeons and Dragons, if you like good voice acting and you how like does, story, how does this compare to what was the other one? Divinity, that Divinity yeah. yeah, Divinity. Actually, I forgot to tell you about this to add on the news. They announced they're doing a definitive edition. It just launched for Xbox. Yeah, I knew that it was coming um, to console, and their and PC is going to get the update of all. Apparently, there's the changes are in the thousands they've said of like quality of life changes and stuff like that. So I'm excited to jump into it again. I hadn't, I didn't, I never finished it. The group I was playing with, we stopped playing with it. I'm throwing shade at you guys. Um, (laughs) I really want to finish it. I've been, I kind of want to do a solo game, but, but it's also been so fun multiplayer that I'd rather just like finish the one we started. Um, But I'm excited for that in terms of like, that game is fun in a, in a different way. Mm-hmm. It's fun in in that it it also gives you a lot of choices in terms of like different things that you can do. But the pillars really made me feel like I was playing Dungeons and Dragons with like a DM who was like re- reading the story to me, like doing different voices for the characters and mm-hmm. stuff. And even the way the party just kind of talks to themselves as things are happening, like based on what's going around. Or even when you do something and someone stops and wants to talk to you afterwards and be like, yo, are you going to do this all the time? Should I leave? Like, what's going on? It was really cool. It felt very immersive and alive. And that's something I haven't felt from a game in a while. Divinity looks great. I like the con- I like the turn-based combat better. Um, 
I like the story and what they're doing, but in terms of like the conversation stuff, I don't think it's on the same level. I think Deadfire does that way better. Okay. Cool. Stacy, is there one that comes to, comes to mind? I mean, I'll throw Pyre out there now since yeah. uh, I think that you can have a plethora of kind of endings and that really gives you the freedom to follow the same exact gameplay like elements, but you could have drastically different endings. And, and it's real fun. Yeah, and you you know, you can craft your own very personalized set of, of stories based on the characters that you identify with. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I would also I, I like that world a lot to the point where I, a, a pyre animated series or something like that. Um, <laughs> but then that takes the choice away from you. Yes. Well, um, the, the, the only thing that left that, that I would have to say is um, choice. Choice does matter to me in, in a game. And um, I started when I started playing The Last of Us way back when um, I didn't like the character that Noel was. And because that was a representation of me and how I was playing, I didn't like how some of the choices that Noel made were out of my control. And and ultimately, I ended up stopping playing the game. I, I watched the ending and I saw the decision that that uh, or Joel made. Is it Joel or is it Noel? Joel. Joel duh. Um, and 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 part of the reason I'm, I'm mentioning this is because Patrick isn't here. Uh, but uh, uh, I ended up seeing the the decision that Joel made, and I didn't like it. I didn't want to be that person. That that that's not me. If a game is supposed to reflect my decisions, yes, it's a narrative to hey, you're you're just walking in this person's shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, that is to say, if there was a Last of Us movie, I'll be there. I'll watch. I'll watch a Last of Us movie, but you're not going to ma- watch. You're not going to see me making that decision that he made. And it's a lot harder when it's you and you've put these hours and hours mm-hmm. and hours of gameplay only to come to a decision that you don't agree with or wouldn't personally yeah. make. It's a lot more personal. And similarly to to like the Mass Effect thing, where it's like I made all of these decisions, but I wouldn't choose any of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did think there was a bit of a, a huge way to over the top backlash when it came to that but ultimately it's that same thing of uh, all of my character all of the stuff that I did as a player ended up meaning nothing because you wrote yourself into a corner or you know the decision that that was made for Last of Us leading into Last of Us 2 may make Last of Us 2 better and I may like Last of Us 2 better than I ever would have liked Last of Us 1 but um, when it comes to games with choices I, I, I like when it's clear about it, and if there's a highlight from this generation uh, that you can play pretty easily, I'd, I would say Infamous Second Son. It was one of my first absolute must-buys on the PlayStation 4, hmm. and it was a really early release in the life cycle of the PlayStation 4, so it's definitely been a minute. It still looks real pretty. Actually, I haven't played it on the Pro yet. It takes place in Seattle, so it's really it's rainy and and gorgeous in that game. So I'm I'm and I have it on PlayStation Plus because it was free like a month or two back. So I I would recommend that. Um, yeah, I don't know what Patrick would recommend, but Steve, do you uh, Steve in the booth? I know what Patrick would recommend. What, what would Patrick recommend? The Witcher. Yeah, that's right, oh. Witcher. Yeah, good choice. Yeah. Steve, what would you what would you recommend? That is a hilarious segue because I still have yet to play The Witcher. Oh, that's <laughs> right. That's right. No, but he's like he. You had it though, didn't you? I started I, it a oh. few times, but. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I still have it. I, I download my games from PS4, mm. so they're all, you know, sitting all on the hard drive or <laughs> on the servers. Can't get past that first hour. Uh, but but which one, what would you recommend, Steve? Uh, I would recommend the Deus Ex series just because I'm a big fan of that world and that style of storytelling. It, it matches well to the gameplay and uh, the elements that they put into the director's cut of Human Revolution a handful of years ago 
actually came full circle to the fan requests of that game when it originally came out, saying that they could not actually do non-lethal boss fights. Mm. And so when the director's cut of that had come out, they put all that in, and they also added a, a director's cut narrative uh, throughout the whole game while you're playing it. And, Metal. Uh, yeah, I mean, artistically and thematically, I would, I would recommend that. Next to Mass Effect, uh, again, the original, <laughs> uh, the original trilogy. That's one of the reasons why I still have a PS3. The Ridge Tridge. Yeah. And, yeah. They, and, and that was, not to go too far off the, off the rails, but since Mass Effect 1 didn't come out on the PlayStation 3, Mass Effect 2 started with a truncated version, similar to what Nate mentioned about Pillars of Eternity, of mm-hmm. Mass Effect 1 to get all of those decisions in, right? Uh, that is correct. And they also did the same for Mass Effect 3. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Very, and very even, cool. even Mass Effect 3, uh, just to reiterate one more thing on that, because I have not seen it done in any other game, but they did have a, uh, a, a decision when you started the game, not just for that, not just for the background of storyline, but mm. a decision as to what you wanted to be more narratively focused with the gameplay while you were playing it. Because you could play it where it would just randomly select the different elements of the story and you just watch what happens. Oh, that's cool. Or you could have it more narratively focused towards the, uh, well, towards the uh, choices that you made in the game with the characters and the storyline and have easier gameplay. And I've not, seen, I've not seen options like that done in a game since. That's interesting. I, did, I, I didn't know that. Very cool. Thank you, for, thank you for sharing, Steve. Of and, course. And thank you, everybody in chat, for joining us and sharing your two cents. Uh, I liked having time to discuss something like this. Cause, yeah. cause it, I, and I hope that we can have more time in the future. Tell the fine folks at Popcorn Talk, and we can get more studio time. Um, or we need to figure out a way to do discussions like these out of studio. Um, yeah, let's do that. Uh, yes. But uh, thank you to everybody. Uh, thank you to, the fine, again, fine folks at Popcorn Talk. You can follow them at the Popcorn Talk. But uh, until next time, uh, Stacy, what are you working on? Where can the folks find you? Man, I am working on going away for a few weeks. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, you know what? Maybe I'll start The Witcher this week. Maybe I'll finish Doki Doki Literature Club. Uh, Dude, let's see. We'll figure i got to do these things. Yes, I know you've got to do something. God of War. Fin- oh, and God of War. I- I'm going to play God fin- of War. Finish stuff before you start new stuff. All right, all right. I'm going to finish <laughs> God of War this week. There. That's what I'm going fair, to do. You fair, are. Fair. I'm, I'm so sorry that I'm like this. Uh, you can find me all over the web on Stacy Shuttles. You can yell at me to finish a certain game. Maybe <laughs> I'm I'll actually sorry do I'm it. like this. <laughs> Uh, yeah. uh, Nate, uh, what are you what are you working on? Um, I am tr- desperately trying not to start my next playthrough of Deadfire. I'm trying but to do, do other it. things until what? Like, what are you trying to do? I instead? just anything else. I just need to be productive <laughs> and not get sucked right back in after I just attained freedom. Um, other than that, I'm going to be playing Destiny. Mm-hmm. Lots of Destiny should be the new uh, uh, faction rally. It's coming up this week with some changes, maybe. We'll see. I don't know. I'm enjoying the PvP, so that's that's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find me all over the places where you find people at Dog Like Nate. Uh, hit me up at Twitter. Uh, we'll play Destiny and uh, kill people. That's fun. <laughs> uh, and you can find me at Mark Bidonica. Uh, wh- what's this week? Uh, this week uh, on the Rooster Teeth show, we're talking about Red versus Blue, as well as some of the uh, Rooster Teeth pilots that they've been airing over the past month. Um, and then I'll, I'll be back streaming Minecraft uh, this, this weekend at some point. I'll, I'll be I'll be streaming another uh, Minecraft adventure. But I'm also um, I'm I'm trying to finish up stuff before it gets 
real busy game season again too. Um, like I still need to finish Wolfenstein two. Uh, yes, you do. Yes, I do. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm just I like the the world of games that exists right now. I as much as I would like to go back and play stuff like Second Son again. There's too much out. There's really too much out, and and I, I you know what I'm gonna play some more uh, Destiny, not Destiny, <laughs> uh, some more Overwatch. Freudian uh, slip. Yeah, Freudian slip. Yeah, let's play uh, that Overwatch. Yeah, <laughs> and and some of the events that that I can I can play with or without a group. Uh, I gotta play some more Lucio Ball. I'll play with you guys if you play. Yay! We did it. Otherwise, I'm not playing. That Nailed game. it. Um, but thank you so much, everybody, for for watching this episode of Inventory Full or listening. If you're watching, make sure to hit us up on iTunes and leave us a review if you're listening make sure to check us out on inventory full pt on twitch uh subscribe if you have a twitch prime uh subscription available we would be ever so humbled if you would provide it to us because it will help us grow and do more home shows like like we were just discussing um yeah it, it would help us with budget and things like that but uh thank you so much for watching this episode we will see you next time bye everybody from producers maria menounos kevin undergaro phil svitek and the entire popcorn talk network We would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.